Real sales starts when you listen and discover the problem behind the words. I'm going to show you how you can do exactly that on this episode of the Do This, Sell More show. Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Hi, my name is Dave Lorenzo, and this is the Do This, Sell More show. We're here every day with great sales strategy to help you make a great living and live a great life, and I'm thrilled to be with you. Today, we're talking about how you can grow your business by listening to what's actually behind the words. That's right, today I'm going to give you questions that you can use to discover what your clients really want to share with you. Here's the thing. Clients want you to help them, and your job is to help your clients in return for financial compensation. That's what sales is all about. How do you know what your clients really need? Well, they're telling you, but they're not going to do it initially at the outset. In fact, what happens is your clients will often describe symptoms and not the actual problem. It's just like when you go to the doctor. When you go to the doctor, you describe what you're feeling, you describe the symptoms, but the doctor has to diagnose the real problem. We're going to show you how you can do that today. Here's what you're going to discover today. First, you're going to discover how to say what you need to say in order to get the client to open up to you. The way that you express yourself, the way that you ask these questions is just as important as the actual words themselves, and that's the first thing we're going to share with you today. The second thing we're going to share with you are questions designed to make a connection with your ideal client. These are rapport questions. These are questions that help you break the ice. They're questions that help you connect with the client on a personal level. And they're questions that help you make sure that the client feels comfortable opening up to you. The second set of questions we're going to share with you today are called discovery questions. Discovery questions are questions that are designed to diagnose the problem. These are questions that help you get past the symptoms and get to the root cause of what's really bothering your client, what's really damaging your client's business. The third set of questions are qualifying questions. These are questions that help you uncover whether the client has a problem you can solve, whether the client is the actual decision maker, and whether the client has the money to be able to afford your services. You don't want to spend a lot of time with a prospective client who doesn't have these three things, and I'm going to share with you the questions that get to the heart of this right now today. The fourth set of questions we're going to share are the closing questions. These are the questions that help you seal the deal. They're the questions that get the client to sign on the dotted line. They're the magic words that you've been waiting for, and we're going to do all that 
in the next few minutes. I want to thank you for joining me here today. This is the Do This Sell More show, and we're with you every day. We are on YouTube, and we are on the podcast. However you choose to join us, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. We build our community on your questions and on the things that you're thinking about. So I'd like you to share with me any thoughts that you have on the show. You can do that by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing your thoughts or questions in the comments on YouTube. The comments, the questions that you share are the lifeblood of our show. So I encourage you, share your thoughts with us however you can, either on iTunes in the review section or on the comments on the YouTube channel. We appreciate you being a part of our community, and I thank you for joining me here today. All right, let's get into how you say what you're going to say and how you can get the client to open up to you. The mindset you need to have when it comes to getting your clients to open up to you is you have to be a confident, nurturing sibling. You have to be a confident, nurturing big brother or big sister to your client. Even if your client is older than you, everyone's looking for a fair, firm, nurturing big brother or big sister to talk to. That's the mindset I want you to have when you enter into this relationship with your client. You have to walk in there wanting to help your client and wanting them to open up to you. You're going to ask your client leading questions. We're never going to ask the client a yes or no question. We're going to ask the client questions that allow him or her to open up and share their thoughts, but more importantly, share their feelings with us. That's why we're there. We want the client to feel comfortable sharing their deepest, most inner thoughts and feelings with us. So leading questions are the way to go. We're never going to ask yes or no. We're always going to ask them to elaborate. We're going to look for and listen for the feelings behind the actual words. Some of the phrases we're going to use to get the client to keep talking, and remember, the client talks 70% of the time, you only talk 30% of the time, and you're listening 70% of the time. Some of the phrases you're going to use, tell me more about that. When the client says something that you think is just the tip of the iceberg, when the client says something that you think is really indicative of more behind the scenes, I want you to sit back in your chair and I want you to say, hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. The other thing you can do is you can look at the client and you can say, and? So the client says to you, I went out and I met with Joe Smith and Joe Smith told me that he was really happy to work with me. You look at the client and you go, and? And then the client will say something like, and I was glad Joe was there because Joe's probably our most valuable salesperson. The, the word and, when you use it as a question, will get people to continue talking 90% of the time. You just look at them, you lean back, and you maybe scratch your chin a little bit, and you say, and, and the person will continue to speak. Now, Occasionally, your clients or your prospects are going to say, I don't know. And you're going to think that they really do know. Or they're going to say, I don't know, 
but there's more to the story. So when somebody says to you, I don't know, you say, okay, you don't know. Well, who would know? Or you say, well, who would be a good person for us to ask about that? Here's the thing about I don't know. Most of the time in this process of uncovering what's going on in the client's business, what's going on in the client's world, what the client's really feeling, most of the time in this process, when a client says, I don't know, it's a put off. They're, they're trying to keep you at a distance. So if you look at them and you go, okay, that's fair, you don't know. Who would know? Who should we ask? Where can we go to find the answer? When you show that you're willing to dig a little deeper, they're going to come back and they're going to give you the information you're seeking because they realize that you're going to keep pressing until you get to the answer to the question that you're seeking. So when they say, I don't know, you say, okay, I get it, you don't know. Who should we ask? Who would know? On occasion, you're going to get the name of a person who actually does know the answer or the name of a person who you can continue the conversation with. But most of the time, when you say, I get it, you don't know, who should we ask or where should we go to find the answer? Most of the time, when you press through that, you're going to find that the client knows more than they're letting on. Finally, the last technique I'm going to share with you when it comes to how you say the things you say is called mirroring. And this is a fantastic technique to keep people talking and to get them to reveal more information. You simply repeat the last few words the client or the prospect, the person you're having a conversation with, says, and you repeat them like a question. So if they say, and that's when I reached out to you and called you because I think I need help. You look at them and go, need help? And they'll say, yeah, we need help because this is really costing us a lot of money. And you say, a lot of money? And they say, yeah, it's costing us about $50,000 a month, and that's really killing us. Killing you? Well, yeah, that $50,000 a month should be used to hire more salespeople. Hmm, hire more salespeople. Yes, hire more salespeople because that's how we're going to grow. What you've uncovered here is you've uncovered that this problem is costing $50,000 a month and that's money they could use to hire more salespeople and hiring more salespeople is really important to them. The mirroring technique is fantastic and although it seems kind of silly when I introduce it to you here in isolation, during a conversation, that mirroring technique makes you look like a good conversationalist because you're connecting with them. By repeating the last few words the person said, they process that in their brain subconsciously as if you're listening because you are and you want to hear more. That makes them feel important. It makes them feel valued. Mirroring is one of the most powerful techniques to get someone to open up to you. Make sure you review these how you say it phrases, questions, and nurturing examples over and over again. Practice them at home, practice them with your family, practice them with your friends, and make them reflexive. When you get into an environment where you're connecting with clients, this powerful stuff is exactly what you need to use to get people to open up with you. Now, let's look at some of the questions you can use to break the ice. These rapport questions are amazing at connecting with people when you first meet them. 
The first rapport question, it's really a phrase and then a question, and I use this all the time. I tell people that I admire something about them, and then I ask them how they did what they did. For example, if I'm going to a sales meeting with someone who runs a large CPA firm, I will say to them, you know, it's really amazing that you're doing $15 million a year specifically in audits. I really admire how you did that. How did you build this great business around audit process? They'll tell you exactly how they did what they did. First, they're gonna be flattered, and then they'll share with you some of the information. So here's the routine. I admire blank. How did you do that? I really admire how you were able to cut through all the clutter in a recession and connect with people in a way that enabled you to grow your business 20% per year during the two years where the GDP had negative growth. How are you able to do that? I admire and how did you do that? I admire this, how did you do that? That is a great way to get people to open up. I admire the fact that you were able to recruit and train 15 new downline sales representatives. How are you able to do that in this tough labor market? I admire blank. How are you able to do that? Gets people to open up. They feel like you're flattering them and flattery works every time. All right, the second great rapport question, I ask people all the time, and I do this in informal settings as well as formal settings. I do it at cocktail parties, and I do it to open up sales meetings with people who I just met. I say to them, you know, before we get started, I always like to ask people, what was the most exciting thing that you did last week? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, what was the most exciting thing you did last week? It helps me get to know you a little bit better. I'll tell you the most exciting thing I did last week was, and I tell them, what was the most exciting thing you did last week? Make sure you always have a good example yourself to share with the other person, but asking the person what the most exciting thing they did last week immediately brings something exhilarating to their mind. It will connect with them on a personal level, and it gets them to open up and feel comfortable with you. It's so much better than asking about the weather. It's so much better than asking about how they're doing today. What was the most exciting thing you did last week? And they'll look at you and you say, well, the most exciting thing I did last week, I went to a New York Yankees playoff game with my son. It was a great time. He actually got a ball from a player during warmups. It was fantastic. What was the most exciting thing you did last week? You know, here's the most important part of that. Only share the example if the person is struggling to find something. If they're not struggling to find something, don't brag. Don't share your own example first. But if they're struggling to find something, share the most exciting thing you did last week. Typically, you can share something with your family or you can share something you did with your friends. I went mountain biking and I rode 23 miles for the first time ever. I felt so exhilarated after I finished, but then the next day I was really sore. That was the most exciting thing I did last week. What was the most exciting thing you did? That question puts everything on an even keel. It connects on a personal level and it's a great way to break the ice. The next question is more of a business question. So I like to ask this question when I'm meeting someone for the first time or at a networking event. Tell me, tell me about your business journey. How did you get where you are today? Or I'll say, you're obviously really successful. How did you get to be as successful as you are? Tell me about your journey. How did you get here? 
That question is super flattering because it shows people that you're interested in them, you're interested in how they've grown their business, you wanna know how they got where they got, and you want them to share their wisdom with you. This is a great question to get people to open up with you at a networking event or in a meeting for the first time. The next question is one that I ask of people who are in the same industry as me. I'll say to them, let me ask you, who do you admire most in, in our industry? And then when they tell you, you gotta ask them why they admire them. This question is great because it shows what their values are, it shows what their ideals are, it shows who they connect with on a personal level. Who do you admire most in our industry? And then when they tell you, why do you admire them? What's, what, what qualities do you think they have that you would like to emulate? That type of thing is great to get them to open up. And if you want to make it even more personal, you can say, growing up, who did you admire? Did you always want to be in this industry? And, and who is your idol? That type of thing is fantastic because they'll tell you their origin story. They'll tell you how they got involved in this in the first place. And that's really cool because they'll think you're super interested in them. And that's what you want. That's how you connect with them. That's how you bond. And that's how you build rapport. The final question in this area is really good for opening things up on a lighter note. If you walk in and you get a big smile from the person you're going to meet with and you shake hands with them, I always say this. I say, you know, when you open up these meetings, people always ask, how is it going? Or they talk about the weather. You know, a question I like to ask people, maybe you'll find it a little silly. What was the last great laugh you had recently? Or what was the most recent laugh you had? What was the most recent thing that was super funny that you experienced? And then again, you have to have a good example. And usually the best examples are self-deprecating humor. The, the best example that I'll give is I'll say, well, you know, walking over here, I accidentally tripped and I dropped my briefcase in the fountain in the lobby. My briefcase is all wet now. That's just an example of something that I would say. I went back and left my briefcase in the car because it was all wet and I didn't want uh, to walk in with a wet briefcase. Or I'll say, you know, a couple of days ago I was going to a meeting, and this is actually a true story. A couple of days ago I was going to a meeting and I was walking through an atrium that had a fountain with a lip that was like, oh, about a foot high. And a bird flew into the atrium and as I was looking up at the bird, I lost my balance, tripped and fell into the fountain. My whole right side got wet and I was in the bathroom drying my leg with the hand dryer when the person I was going to meet with that day walked in and saw me. <laughs> that was a little embarrassing. You know, a self-deprecating story like that is a great way for you to break the ice, but the idea is to get the person then to say what the most funny thing, what the funniest thing they've experienced in the last couple of days was. It breaks the ice, it makes everybody feel good. You show that you can be self-deprecating and people love that. Those are some of the rapport questions that you can use to open up a meeting or to begin a relationship with someone. Now let's talk about the discovery questions. These are the questions that get to the heart of the matter. These are the questions that really zero in on what's bothering the client and why you're there in the first place. The first question is really simple. So tell me, what brings us together today or why am I here? I love to ask this question even if I've set the meeting up in the first place. I'll give you an example. I send out a really strong direct mail piece which tells people that I'm going to come to their office and do an executive briefing on the latest discoveries from my sales research. And I always have new stuff and people love to hear the things I have to say. But when I first walk in, after we share some rapport and we bond a little bit, I look at them and I go, so tell me, 
Why am I here? Why did you pick now to connect with me? And they'll say, well, you sent me a letter and I want to hear the sales research. And I'll say, sure, I get that. I understand. But why now? Why am I here today? Like what's going on in your world? And then they're going to share some really cool stuff with you. For example, I just did this last week and the, the prospect who invited me in said, you know, we've been getting your material for a long time and your marketing stuff is so strong. We just need to create a culture where everyone around here is a business development leader. So we thought we would hear what you had to say because we think maybe we could work with somebody like you. I mean, that's a great way to start a meeting. And that only came about because I looked at them and I said, why am I here? The other way you can ask this question in a, in a way that's a little bit less direct is say, thanks for inviting me in. What did you want to talk about today? And the client will share with you some of the things that they have in mind, some of the goals and objectives they have for your meeting, which is great because it's going to allow you to deliver value to them. The third question that I like to ask all the time to get to the heart of the matter is, what would you change about your business? Or you can use the old magic wand question. If you had a magic wand and you could wave your magic wand and change one thing about your business, what would it be? This is going to unearth some really cool stuff that you can help them with so that you can deliver even more value to them. Another question you could ask, and this is a little bit further into the meeting, is tell me what frustrates you about, and then you insert the thing that you're talking about there. So you invited me in here to talk about your sales process and I understand your goals for the next year are this and this and this. Let me ask you, what frustrates you about your sales process right now? When you say what frustrates you, immediately they will think of two or three things. And if they're really into the moment, they're going to be honest with you and they'll tell you and that gives you some problems you can solve in return for financial compensation. It opens a door for you to get in there and help them and that's what sales is all about. Finally, the question that I ask all the time is literally the money question and that's, let me ask you, how much is this costing you? How much opportunity are you missing out on? What is this costing you on a day-to-day -day basis? They're going to struggle to put a number on it. And you just say, well, ballpark it for me. Look, I'm not going to hold you to it. You know, off the record, what is this costing you? How much do you think this is killing you right now? If they give you a number, you have something to compare the cost of your services to. If this is costing $100,000 and your services are only $5,000, or if it's costing them $200,000 and your product is only $10,000, well, for a 5% investment, you can save all of that money. That's where the money question really comes in handy. How much do you think this is costing you? Because no matter what problem your client shares with you, it's costing them something in hard costs or it's costing them something in opportunity costs. You need to ask this question toward the middle of the meeting so that you can get a number and demonstrate your value. All right, now let's talk about the qualifying questions. Let's talk about the questions you can ask to make sure that the person sitting in front of you is the right person. The first question I always like to ask when it comes to qualifying is, what resources do you have to apply toward a solution to this problem? 
what resources do you have to, to make this whole thing go away? And they'll look at you and they'll go, resources? What are you talking about? And I'll say, well, there's a number of resources we're going to need to help you fix this. The first is time, right? Were you planning on spending some time to, to improve this process? And they'll say, sure, we'll spend whatever time we need. And I say, well, the second resource is money. How much were you planning to invest in solving this problem? And then they'll say, well, I don't know. We don't really have a budget. We weren't planning on this. And I'll say, oh, ballpark it for me. And they'll say, oh, I don't know. And then you do what I call the seesaw, the back and forth. Well, is it between a dollar and a million dollars? Well, sure, Dave, it's between a dollar and a million dollars. How about 10000 and and 100000 Well, yeah, I would imagine. What about 50000 and and 100000 Well, I mean, 50000 seems like a lot. All right, 25000 and 50000 We go back and forth. What financial resources do you have to apply to this problem? That gets them to reveal a number for you. Next, what happens if you don't fix this problem? What's going to happen if you don't fix this problem? Well, Dave, I'll probably get fired. Oh, we don't want that. Well, Dave, it's going to cost us a lot of money and we may go out of business. Oh, we don't want that. What happens if you don't fix this problem? Critical question, phenomenal question to ask. Why now? Why have you chosen to fix this problem now? This is so important because it reveals urgency. You need to know if they have urgency and why they have urgency to solve this problem now. When you ask why now, they'll reveal the urgency behind this problem to you. Who else is involved in this process? This helps you understand if the person you're sitting across from is really the decision maker. You know, Joe, sometimes when I come in here, people invite me in and they get all the information and they have to go back to a committee and they have to share that information with a committee. I want to make sure that if that's the case, you and I go in together. So tell me who else is involved in the decision making process. If they tell you they're the sole decision maker, you say, well, you don't have to share this with the CEO or the board of directors. And they'll say, well, sure we do. Well, all right, Joe, let's do that together. Can you set up a meeting for us to go in, you and I together, and share it with the CEO or the board of directors? Here's the thing. You want to keep that other person included in the process, but you want to make sure you know what the process is all about. Finally, what were you hoping I could do? So they share all their thoughts, they spill their guts to you, and you look at them and you go, well, tell me, what were you hoping I could do for you? Well, Dave, we were really hoping you could prescribe a really good sales process because we wanna grow our revenue by 25% next year. Powerful, that's a great way to make sure you're on track. What were you hoping I could do for you? People always ask that question, you never get a put off, and it reveals exactly what you're looking for. The final element, and I know this is gonna be super exciting for you, are the closing questions. These are the questions that seal the deal. Let's look at each of these closing questions. The first one, candidly, this is my favorite. You look at the client or the prospective client and you say, what's next? What do we do now? And the client's gonna say, well, I was hoping you would tell me. Well, I don't know if you want to work with me. I mean, if you want to work with me, I could share some ways that we could do that. And the client's going to say, well, sure, that makes sense. How can we work with you? Tell me. What's next is a great question to ask when you want to take the temperature of a client, but it's also a great question to ask to try and close the deal. When I say take the temperature of a client, if you're not sure if you're making a connection with the client, you can sit back and go, 
let me ask you, is this resonating with you? What's next here? And the client will tell you what the next step in the process is for them. When you're at the end of your entire meeting and you've discovered everything you can, you've shared with the client that you can help them solve their problem, when you say what's next, the client's gonna look at you and go, well, I thought you would tell us how you could work with us. That's a buying signal and that's the close. Another question that I like to use instead of what's next is, well, what do you wanna do? If they say, well, this is killing us, it's costing us a million dollars a month, we need to solve this problem, I'll sit back and I'll look at them and I'll go, well, what do you want to do? And they'll say, we were hoping you could help us. That's the close. You say, you know what, I can't help you. And here are the three ways I can help you. What do you want to do is fantastic because it makes the client ask you to work with them. The third question is, would you like some help with that? The client says to you, you know, I'm really just not sure what to do. I've tried everything. I'm at the end of my rope here. And I sit back and I look at them and I say, would you like some help with that? And they'll say, well, yeah, absolutely. That's why we're here. That's why we asked you to come over. Of course, I'd like some help with that. Then the next two questions are questions you can use when things aren't going the way you thought they would and you're following up. You look at the client and you go, listen, from everything you've said, it looks like we're not going to be working together. I guess we're not going to be working together, right? And then the client's going to say, well, no, Dave, I didn't say that. I just need to hear more about this, this, and that. On the off chance the client says, you're right, we're not going to be working together, you say, great. Now that it's over, can I ask you just one more question? And then the client says, sure, you can ask me just one more question. And the client is now going to let his guard down because you said, now that it's over, can I ask you just one more question? Client's guard comes down and you say, what is it about everything I've said that you don't like? Obviously, I can help you. Tell me, you know, what do I need to do to make sure that I can come in here and help you solve this problem? And then the client's going to reveal to you the reason why he doesn't want to work with you. The final question is the last ditch effort before you leave. You say, listen, since I blew it with you, can you tell me what you're really looking for? Since we're never going to work together, can you tell me what you're really looking for? The client will share some thoughts with you and either in that moment you can come back with something or you can take a reset, call the client back later and the client's going to take your call since you admitted to him that it was over and you can pitch him on something that is more in line with what he was looking for. This is so important. Listen, Mr. Smith, since I blew it with you, before I go, and I'm going to leave in two seconds, before I go, can you tell me what you were really looking for just so I know what I could do better next time? Client's going to tell you, you leave, and then two or three days later, you call him back and go, you know what, we talked about it around the office, and we came up with something I think you're really going to love. Can I take five seconds here and just share with you exactly what we came up with, he's going to say yes and he's going to go, hmm, you know, that's something we might be able to talk about. I have saved more deals from the scrap heap by using the, hey, since I blew it, can you tell me what you're really looking for? And then coming back later, I've saved more deals by using that than I can count on one hand. Deals that I thought were dead. It has no, absolutely no risk for you to come back with a second chance and the client's gonna feel like, listen, I, I can hear this guy because he already admitted it's over. He's not gonna try and sell me again. That is powerful. These closing questions work 
And that final question, saving the deal from the scrap heap, is found money because you didn't you didn't think this was ever gonna be a deal. Look, I know this is a lot of information to process. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to go back and review everything we covered multiple times. I'd like you to break it down into segments exactly the way I did when I shared these questions with you. This episode of our show, our time together today is so powerful and so valuable, it will change the way you approach business forever. These questions are fantastic for getting people to open up and for getting deals done in a way that makes you appear consultative. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and I hope that you join me back here again tomorrow for another edition of the Do This, Sell More show. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow.